Hey everyone, and welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. I'm George Tello, and from now on, we are going to be introducing the podcast as a weekly podcast. Every Wednesday, I will drop a podcast for the San Pedro FIFA League. Um, and mostly it comes down to the fact that maybe a little bit of oversaturation of a gaming league is that um, not everyone is interested in it as much as you would think. Only seven people listened to the last podcast, and that's not entirely just on the fact that it's oversaturated, but also on the fact that a lot of people are on vacation, people are relaxing, enjoying their summers, so I understand. However, a weekly podcast does give us time to sit here, talk to managers, and then and really inform you guys on the things that are going on. And some episodes may be longer than others, but in the future, it just is easier to drop one episode a week, allowing you guys to really digest everything that's going on in the podcast, allows me to add more to it every week, and more importantly, it does give a chance to round up everything all at once to where I'm not doing it twice a week. Listen, I'm thankful for everything that you guys do when you guys listen to the podcast. Any feedback has been great, and I've even used some as well. Now, with a weekly podcast, I'm just warning you, they're probably going to be a lot longer because now there's a lot more information to give to you guys at one time. That being said, it's still going to be segmented very well, and I will make sure I keep things separate as far as topics that I get on. Now, from now on, every time, every Thursday, every week, I am definitely going to be posting for feedback on the Instagram page along you Facebook managers that play in the league you can easily send me messages. Please do. Thursday is the day to do it. I will try on the weekend as we get into the games and as people play their games, I will ask people what their thoughts are and what they thought about their opponent, this and that, and also who they thought the man of the match was. I We had a bit of a big deal going on with Andrew, and I know it was more you know secular than it was anything like real, but in the future, that way we could maybe have a legit team of the month system. It rewards managers, maybe not a lot of money, but some money, and where people are putting it in their contracts uh, for transfer deals and et cetera, et cetera. We have a clear-cut system, and I really hope in the future we have that. I think that that's where the league is trending, whether that is something that the board chooses to do or not. I don't believe so, but it does look like we're starting to trend in that incentives style of deals, and I think that's what we're going to see more and more. You're looking at what Lukaku's done. This season, imagine if Jake had an incentive, you know, he scores this many goals, ooh, you know, I get this much money, and I, I don't believe that's there already as it is. I believe it's just a straight-up deal. So in the future, as we go along, as the league can, will probably regrow and it'll be reloaded with different sets of teams, incentives do not seem like a bad thing. It does give incentive to play the player on both sides and with both teams uh, being rewarded by that. That being said... I hope you guys enjoy the now new weekly podcast of the San Pedro FIFA League. And today I'm going to round up everything because I haven't talked to you guys in a while. It'll be easy to just do that. Obviously, I'll talk some results. I'll talk about what Spurs did in their second in their first game after beating Lyon. It's been a weird season for them. I'll talk about AC Milan, who they tied with in the podcast. I'll obviously talk about top scores. I'll get into what I've talked to, to some managers about because there is some things that I've talked to them, uh, some of you guys about as the week has gone on, and a lot of it has been really good material for the league, and I hope you guys enjoy this. As for everything else that goes on the league, uh, the board members, I have not hit them up yet. I feel like everyone's really been on vacation mode, so I didn't want to ask them anything. I will get that to you in a future podcast, or I'll just have someone send me a voice message, and 
by the way, if I ever ask you guys an interview question or I ask you to come on the podcast and you cannot, sending a voice message to the podcast is always option number two, and it's a very good one. Or you can always send it to me uh, through text. I, I prefer not to have it text to me, but I will take it any way I can. And that's pretty much it. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. It is going to be from now on on Wednesdays. I hope you guys enjoy them. Hey guys, and welcome into the podcast. So now that it is a weekly podcast, I'd like to debut a new segment basically talking about FIFA and news around that is substantial around that. Now, of course, FIFA 20 is on the horizon and we are preparing ourselves for now street soccer back in the game, street football, whatever you want to call it. But Volta, developer, is looking to bring it back and make it a big deal. Now, There is a lot that's going on with this game. Of course, I'll get into the news about Eventus in a bit. But right now, you are able to play 5v5, 4v4, and 3v3. Uh, That's what they're looking up to do. They did test it, and if you didn't catch it, uh, when Mr. Alex Hunter in the previous installments of FIFA went to Brazil at the intro of his little story, I believe it's the second one, uh, the second part of that whole series of you know him being in the game, you play a little mini game at the beginning of two on two, or I think it's three on three. You know, street soccer in the streets of Brazil. That was, and it boosted because it was so successful and liked by so many people that FIFA decided to bring back, you know, street soccer in the game. Now, men and women will both be allowed, uh, will be available to choose from. You obviously be able to change your shoes in your clothing, et cetera, et cetera, all those things you could do while playing on the pitch. Now, I believe this is a good step for FIFA. I don't know if it'll reach the levels of FIFA Street where you got the game breaker going on and all this other crazy stuff, but I like it. I think it's something that would add another element to the game. I know a lot of people play you know, uh, pro clubs, and they are saying that they're going to improve it, and this is one of the ways uh, how that they'll be playing a little bit street soccer along with new additions to that. So it's preparing to be one of the biggest releases of a sports game this year. And of course it is the, you know, the 2020, you know, for the 2020 season that they're going to have it for. So it'll be cool to see how they, they, uh, they kind of introduce it back again. As for the Aventus name now, they will now be called because of PS PES's three year deal. Uh, is an undisclosed fee, at least for now, of how much sponsored money I think they got from this deal. But Aventus have basically sold their FIFA souls uh, to essentially a second-rate video game, in my opinion. Um, if you've ever played PS, listen, the graphics are really good. Some of the shooting aspects and the passing aspects make the game harder, but the controls are just a little too much. And the fact of the matter is, is that people don't always play FIFA for the realism of the game. Some people want to play FIFA because it has the, you know, the, I guess the glamour of the game, right? They have the stadiums, they have the likeness of players, uh, which PS does have to a degree, but they don't have stadiums. They don't have all this other stuff that go along with it, but they did buy in this case, the exclusive rights, which means no Aventus stadium, no Aventus badge. You can't buy it in the ultimate team thing and no Aventus jerseys so you are not going to be able to use any of those things even the team name is going to be gone which garners a brand new name p 
Piemonte Calcio will now be the new name of Juventus. And Piemonte is a region in Italy, and it's something that PS has done in the past where they've used regional names to introduce the teams, and it's not the prettiest thing, and it kind of is a weird name to see because Calcio obviously just means football in Italian, but Piemonte is basically an area in which Turin is in this region, and obviously they're trying to, you know, because they can't use the city's likeness, I don't think so, uh, but basically they're going to have a really generic name in the next FIFA. What that does for Artie, I'm not entirely sure if he's going to be allowed to change his team or that it'll just be one of the funniest things for the next three years. Um, that, well, Juventus is now going to be known as Piemonte Calcio, and I will gladly call them that until their name is back in FIFA. I, I genuinely think this is funny, and if I'm already run with it, it's a good little joke. Obviously, if he wants to change, I'm sure the league will not mind. We'll see if they make him pay for it. I hope they don't. I, I don't know if I want my team specifically to be called Piemonte Calcio. It's kind of a mouthful, but we'll see where it goes. I hope we actually have to change it this year um, due to the fact that, well, it's changing now, but I don't know. I'll wait and see what Artie wants to do. I'll talk to him about it. You guys will hear that on the next podcast next week. I'll get to him on that. As for now, that is basically all the news that's going on with FIFA. Obviously, there's a lot of hype that they're saying that they're going to change a lot of things like manager mode, pro clubs, the player, you know, like when you play as your own player, basically player manager mode, um, and you control your own player as you go through a season, career mode almost, I guess you would call it. Uh, It hasn't been much of a career mode. You don't really get to control anything. Uh, The training gets really boring. They say they have a new way of doing things. Um, The kickoff obviously took a step up last FIFA, becoming a little bit more arcade and got it to be really fun. Uh, Ultimate Team is still the most boring thing that they've done, but they continue to pump money into it. They have all that boring stuff, yada, yada, yada. Very quickly, all the soccer news today, I'm just going to get into that. If you haven't seen it yet, or of this week, should I say, um, Antoine Griezmann is now a Barcelona player. And if you really want to see something funny, type in on your YouTube, Google, whatever. Go on your Instagram. doesn't matter. Go watch him get nutmegged twice because that's how it's going to feel when he's trying to defend uh, these, these Barcelona players in training for, the, until, for as long as he's there. As for other players being moved along, Everton, the young Brazilian winger, is being uh, rumored to be moving to a Premier League team along with Danny Ceballos. Both are being hunted by Arsenal and Spurs, respectively. Everton also being wanted by some of the mid-tier teams. Unfortunately, Everton is not interested in Everton, which would be really cool. As for Harry Maguire, he is another wanted commodity. Uh, both Manchester teams don't want to overpay for him. I believe it's at $70 million right now. Um, whether you think he fits with either one of those teams, that's a whole different conversation. Um, we'll see where that goes. Of course, there's a lot that goes into uh, signing an English player these days. It's it's something that seems to take forever to do because not only do they get the hype of the media, which ups their transfer value, but they also want to be paid as elite players. And maybe, I don't know if Harry Maguire is that much of an elite center back, but obviously he'd get the chance to prove it if he played for either man, Manchester team. Speaking of another center back, one I used to have in the league, Mr. Diallo, former of Borussia Dortmund, now will go to PSG. And whether he starts over Kimpembe, over or, or excuse me, Thiago Silva, 
uh, who's at the latter of his career, is to be seen. Of course, a long preseason would dis- would determine that. Um, but that's pretty much it. You know, those there's not many moves going on in that you know in that realm. And in our league, obviously, our window is not open. But that's all I have for you right now. We'll take a, a brief little cut here, and when I come back, I'm going to talk the stat leaders. I'm going to highlight later in the podcast our first team. We'll do our first team highlight of the season, and I'll do it on my best friend, Tottenham Hotspur Spurs manager, Aaron Laurel. Okay, so let's get into the two respective divisions we have in this league. Let's start with D2. Not much has changed. Club Lyon and City still look are still at the bottom right now in 10th and 11th, respectively. 9th is Atletico Madrid. Atlanta United now in 8th. Munich have climbed into the 7th spot, just one point behind Benfica, who sits 6th. Celtic in 5th. Fiorentina in 4th. PSG with 18 points in 3rd. Young Boys just one point off the top in 2nd with an extra game played. And with 10 games played is Arsenal FC with 22 points. They currently lead the second division at the moment. Now, I'm not going to highlight any teams in D2 this week. I decided that because of the lack of games, I should maybe give them some, you know, some equity and make them feel important. But at this moment, I have I didn't plan to really add a team to do a team highlight on. But in the future, I am going to pick one team a week and I'm going to talk about that team. And I could just say next week it's going to be about LAFC. So look for that. It'll be next Wednesday. Um, And, of course, I hope you guys enjoy that. I'm going to try and talk to the managers, get them to reply on the podcast, something like that, you know, and and maybe do like a mini interview, something to look forward to. As for our stat leaders in D2, still nothing has really changed on that front. But I thought it'd be nice to just kind of talk about it, right? Just keep you reminded that John Luigi Buffon is still the king of clean sheets in D2. Obviously, not a lot of action has been happening, and I don't know if uh, this is just the middle of the month type of slowing down that does happen in the FIFA League that you know we tend to see. It's not necessarily a crime against anyone, but um, it's something that we do tend to see from time to time. As for the assists, well, like I said last week, the or, yeah I believe it was last week, Rodolfo Pizarro still in the top spot with eight, Villa with six. Barty with five, along with Ekone and Joaquin of Young Boys. That's your top five in the assists. As for the goal scores, things have started to con- and have continued to be competitive, and that's what I want to see. And I'm pretty sure a lot of different guys in the league prefer a more continuous battle for the top spot. Obviously, the top ten for that right now is Santi Mina with five goals. He also has two assists. Uh, Fiorentina, it's Musa Merengue. He has six goals. Bastos ahead of him with six goals and four assists. Bale and Dolberg are tied on seven at the moment. Ahead of them is Dembele and Konate. Both Musas tied with eight. By the way, there's a lot of Musas in D2. Uh, nine goals for Benteke puts him in third. And there is a two-way tie from Jamie Vardy and Kareem Benzema of Arsenal with 10 goals. And I obviously talked last time about the influence of Kareem Benzema and Jamie Vardy being as good as they are. Um, I'm always impressed with the amount of activity that these guys can conjure up and how good they are uh, when they need to be. At least in this division, uh, both Arsenal and Young Boys have needed to get one guy scoring. And it also, obviously, you look at Arsenal, they've had a flurry of goal scorers, but none have been more important than Kareem Benzema. Same thing could be said for Young Boys. They have versatility. They have other guys who can put the ball in the back of the net, but none is more important than Jamie Vardy. And you're looking at other guys on this list. Man City have two guys on this list. Look where they sit at the moment. Pretty impressive that they have a combined 13 goals 
to altogether bail and dosed. And it, they've been good individually, but as a team, they've been terrible. And I like that about this list of goal scorers that sometimes it's not up to uh, the team that to do really well, but also have a really good goal scorer. So they have one guy they're good with. I think that's pretty cool about the FIFA League. Another guy to talk about is Christian Benteke. I mean, Atlanta United, yeah, they're in eighth place. They're not having a good season. But this is a start, right? Hey, listen, I can score with this guy. Maybe next, Atlanta needs to find guys who can give him the ball a lot more. And maybe you start to see that goal total go up. But that's all I have for D2 for now. Um, Next week on the podcast, I can gladly say, I am going to do, obviously, my next player rankings for, you know, the... The next turnaround, the next power rankings for that. There is going to be a team power rankings in that one involved as well. I'll obviously get into all that. And uh, it'll it'll be fun. I hope you guys enjoy that. It'll just be the top 10 in each division, respectively. But there is a great pool of players in D1, of course. Now, D1 is a whole different ballgame. There are goals, assists, there's games being played. And there's people all over the damn place. So D2 or you know D2 has all those qualities that come with it but D1 like I said they have all this chaos that comes about and they have all these things that make it special but they themselves as well did not play many games and there really isn't much to report here I could catch you up on the standings and goal scores like I did in D1 or D2 but not much has changed top 5 is still the top 5 with the Medica Wolves Leon Augsburg and Chelsea. Chelsea leading the league at the moment with 39 points. And that's all I got. Everybody else has pretty much stayed in their positions. Obviously, I am waiting for Pierre to start playing his games because he only has 12 games played and he can really push himself ahead of a lot of teams in front of him currently at the moment. Now, I'm not disappointed in anyone and no one should be disappointed. You guys have also... Tech, you're taking your foot off the gas pedal and listening to the podcast, and I've noticed it. It's reflective. Everybody's been doing it. It's not just one person. It's been league-wide. Now, this is not for me to sit here and indict anyone. I don't have that much time on my hands. But now this podcast is going to be weekly, and I hope you guys will appreciate that. A standings update once a week, more than twice a week, is a lot easier and this oversaturation with the league at the moment maybe has been too much. And whether I've contributed to that, I don't know. Maybe I have. But some people have finished their games. So they deserve credit. Wolf, you know, the Wolves have finished. They finished their month with 10 wins, 3 draws, 5 losses, 43 goals, 32 allowed, 11 positive goal differential on 33 points. Now, there is teams that could pass them. America will more than likely do that at the end of their month because they have three games left to go. But you have to appreciate that Wolves finished their games really early. I mean, this is being recorded on July 16th. Obviously, this is for the 17th of July that you'll hear the podcast. But amazing that so many people have, been, uh, have not been able to finish their games yet. Except for two, Real Madrid as well. Five wins, two draws, 11 losses, a negative 15 goal difference on 17 points. Currently sitting 13th at the moment. Uh, There is a small chance that Houston Dynamo can pass them, but it looks like Roma, Atletico Nacional, and Kashima are all in a good spot to do that. But very quickly, Real Madrid and Wolves deserve some credit. They did what apparently no one else can do, and they've used their overabundance of playing FIFA to get them 
over and done with their month. Now, Real Madrid could be, like I said last podcast, that team that just gets their month over with and just doesn't want to deal with FIFA until next month, which would obviously be August. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with doing stuff like that. As for Wolves, they want to play FIFA as much as they can right now. The 2-2 tie with Lyon is more than enough reassurance for them that they can put their foot and go full throttle at the moment and try and just outscore teams to win games. That is the only thing that they've been able to do this season as their defense is obviously not anywhere near the top 10 in the league. But here's my question now for all these teams that forget the games being played, but here's my question for Real Madrid. This team is young. This team is inexperienced. The level that the manager is playing at, he's not experienced about it. Is this enough? Is 13th place the best it's going to get? Or is a play, or excuse me, the 15th place is what it's going to look like, I'm assuming, uh, that David and Ryan don't pass Real Madrid, right, uh, based off games that are being played. But Real Madrid, the worst they could fall right now is 15th and hope that next month is a better month for them. But something's got to change on the defensive side of the game. This defense is young, but it is good. Upamakano is one of the guys that immediately pops into my head when I talk about Real Madrid. And I don't believe right now he's injured. And when you have guys like that and you have other pieces that can go along with what Real Madrid has done, you're kind of hoping the manager puts it together. Now, first year team after, you know, this is their first year in D1. Got to say, it's not a bad place to be in, kind of like with Barcelona, who are two games away from finishing their month. It's not a bad thing that you're where you're at in the standings. Maybe no one passes you. Finishing 13th for Real Madrid, mind you, I had them in a demotion spot, um, would honestly, in my opinion, be a good thing for them. And I can definitely say the same thing about Wolves. Finishing 4th and above would be more than successful for a team that can't play defense. Yes, the hope is is that maybe the other teams in the top 5 with him stop playing defense, even though that's very unlikely with the candidates they have on their back line and potential team of the team of the season players in that defense for America and Leon specifically. But we cannot deny the fact that Andrew's been able to score goals. Luka Jovic is looking like he could more than likely put himself up into a big running, not just on, forget my power rankings, team of the season. He could even pass his own teammate in Aubameyang, who's been very good as well. So credit to both of you guys for playing your games. And you know what? I know how Andrew feels about people playing their games in this league. I know that he wants to lead by example when it comes to stuff like that. And in this month, he's done a good job in Real Madrid. And Luis, another good job as well. Just get your games done. If you hate losing, you know, practice. Finish your month. Knock out your responsibilities first. Then go to training. Do what you got to do. That's all I have for D1. Not Like I said, nothing has really changed. Obviously, Spurs and Milad played a 1-1 tie. And listen, it's more of the same from Tottenham. Tie, 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 tie. That's what he's good at. And, uh, of course, that's something that he's going to have to fix if he wants to catch teams like LAFC, Juventus, and Liverpool um, because Tottenham do have the ability to score goals. It's the mistakes that cost them all the time. And obviously, I will spend my time talking about Tottenham in the next segment, which I will get to in a bit. But D1, 
D1. I hope you guys finish your games. I'm sure you will. This has been the class of the league uh, for the next for the last year or two of people getting their games done and people putting in some ridiculous performances as the months go on. Like I said, next week I will ta- I'll be talking about LAFC and highlighting their season so far. But for now, I hope you guys enjoy the Tottenham Hotspur team highlight for this season. So, like I briefly talked about, Tottenham Hotspur sit now with 14 games. I believe it's going to be 15 games with the tie to AC Milan. They'll be on 20 points. Then they'll have eight ties on the season. They have 33 goals scored, 26 allowed, and a seven a plus seven goal differential. I've known Aaron for a long time, and I've played FIFA with him for such a long time. Now, the reason I picked Tottenham today is because of the turnaround that they had from last season. This team fought to stay alive, and I know that got kind of eradicated with the whole purging of people and people leaving the league and this and that, to where Wayne had to play them. But in a sense, that was more of a saving grace for Tottenham, and which started some positive momentum that led into what has been a pretty good season. Only three teams have been able to muster up and beat Tottenham this season. And maybe those three teams would surprise you. There's only one real surprise in the three teams that beat Aaron, and that's Houston Dynamo 4-3 in the first month of the season. They also picked up their second loss in the first month of the season against Augsburg, 3-2. The following month went on to lose 2-1 to Wolves, which was, at least according to those managers, a highly competitive game with Andrew coming out on top. So no one has beaten Tottenham by two goals or more this season. And even though everyone's seemingly tying him, there's a game of 4-4 against, against Juventus. A notable game in, how, what, in what Tottenham basically are this season. Super tie masters. They did tie Club America 1-1. And they have tied the Red Hot Barcelona team 2-2 this month, who have been climbing the standings. Eventually get to Evan and his squad in, in a future podcast. But their shining moment came this month against Olympic Lyonnais, 5-2. And Tottenham Hotspur are getting better as the season has gone on. And maybe this could be their best season yet in the FIFA League. Now, after the abysmal 20-loss season last year, it did all start with that two-legged game, uh, two-legged tie against Wayne. I mean, I could talk, sit here and talk about how both these teams were affected by that game. And maybe it's just the essence of D1. But that tie separated Aaron from what Wayne was. Tottenham beat Dortmund this year 4 to nothing. So there is a lot that Tottenham have done positively. And I can sit here and talk about the ties as well, how bad they have been. And some of them that he should have won, if you look at the stats. But there is so much more to this Tottenham team than just Harry Kane and Christian Eriksen. Their additions of Jesse Lingard coming in and Thiago Silva have brought in a little bit more balance. And FIFA definitely is about balance. Maybe not tying eight times this season balance, but it's better than losing 20 games. Tottenham have been able to turn that around and definitely look like they'll improve on their season. Whether they can get into the top eight, 
That's a whole different thing to talk about. Now, Tottenham have had some really positive results besides that Lyon vict victory. And that they tied Liverpool 2-2. Two two. I got to see that game live. It's a pretty shitty game. They tied Roma 1-1. One one. And even though Daniel is mistake-prone, he's still a veteran of this division and does deserve some type of respect in that sense of that he's a tough team to beat. But if you're going to shine on these ties, because Aaron has a lot of them, you got to look at the Chelsea-Tottenham one from the beginning of the season. And even though that's the perfect time to catch Chris, as maybe he's not on fire just yet, he didn't beat Aaron. He didn't best him in a game. At least not yet. And that has been the marker of Aaron's season along with this team. Don't be beat. Now with two of the three losses coming in the first month, and all three of them coming in the first two months of the season, you would almost peg Tottenham to be a really good team that hasn't figured themselves out yet. But there is so much that they need to work on. And let me get to the negative first before I get to the positive. Because even though they have some real talent in this team, and I'm talking guys like Lingard, who I talked about, Adrian Rabio, Bernardo Silva, Harry Kane, uh, we could debate about Moussa Dembele's class, Kingsley Coman, Marco Royce, and Christian Eriksen. The lack of defensive prowess in the midfield is and has been the weakness of this team. The fullbacks have not been able to generate really much of anything statistically. Maybe the amount of crosses they get off does help the team at some point, and a lot of it I'm pretty sure is something to look at. I'm sure long-term, Aaron is not going to complain about what this team does, especially if they don't lose. Now, he may end up with 16 ties on the season, but you have to be impressed with the fact of the matter is, is that right now, as Aaron has learned, it's about getting results. And even though I hate his midfield, and I don't like the fact that his wingers or his wing back, or his fullbacks, excuse me, are not part of his real play, and that's where he struggles, there isn't a heavy reliance on Harry Kane as much as I thought. See, I was gonna be a skeptist and come into this team highlight and talk about it's a one-man band. This is all they do. But if we're looking at the course of the season so far, Paul Lopez, the goalkeeper, with just two clean sheets, you could talk a lot about how there is at times a very leaky defense in it. There is mistakes in Aaron, but everyone knows that already. You know, he's prone to a mistake. I know that. You know that. And was I expecting Jesse Lingard to have more of an impact on this team? Yeah. Kingsley Coman? Yeah. As I was going through the stats, I'm, you know, not really going to deny that I was impressed by Marco Royce's season. And this isn't every competition, but Marco Royce has nine assists and four goals on the season. Another guy that stands out is Bernardo Silva. Six assists, three goals, and he's the most versatile guy of this group. But it's not a heavy reliance as much as I thought. Kane has eight assists, 20 goals on the year. And you look at Christian Eriksen, who I think we're all impressed by constantly, even in real life, when he's on his game, is got 11 assists and 11 goals. And I talked recently to some of these people, uh, some of these managers in the league about what I talk about when I mean the significance of having a player go 10 and 10. 
And over three months of the course of the season, and this is obviously, like I said, in all competitions, so true values in play here, Erickson is a 10-10 player, the only one on this team. The only people on pace to do that are Harry Kane and Marco Royce on this team. Bernardo Silva is on pace to maybe get close to the 10 goals mark and will probably go over 10 assists on the year, but he's not on pace to get over 10 goals. Now, Harry Kane is on pace to do something crazy, maybe 40-goal season, which would put him in the upper echelon of all the other FIFA strikers like Immobile, Balotti, that we've seen in the past. Marco Royce is a versatile winger. He could also play Cam. But is that everything that Tottenham needs? I feel like almost Tottenham has too many attacking players, and they don't have enough of the influence from the defense. Thiago Silva is a very good defender, but he's old. And the giving up of Jonathan Taw, I thought, was a big, major crime to let a team like Chelsea, who are, listen, you're going to get money back from the deal, but Chelsea are a legion ahead of Tottenham at the moment as far as talent on the team and ability FIFA-wise. And that's where Aaron makes those mistakes. Now, yes, money is going to come back to the team. Long-term money will come back. It's nice. But... Where the mistakes come from is at the back. And if I'm Aaron, maybe in the future, I'm not looking to do deals like that. Getting Kingsley Komen for Sterling, I thought was a huge crime. I know he was able to buy Bernardo Silva with that money, which, yeah, he's a great addition. But if I'm picking between Bernardo Silva and Raheem Sterling, I'm taking Raheem Sterling nine times out of ten. Bernardo Silva does have a little bit more of a team player aspect to him in real life. And yes, you could use Silva a lot more in the game versatilely. Uh, he could play in the center of midfield. He could play as a cam. He could play as a winger. Sterling can only really play as a cam and a winger. You could also maybe put him at striker. But obviously Harry Kane is in the way there. If Aaron gets desperate, he throws Coman or Royce up top. Now most of the time it's a 4-2-3-1 with Erickson sitting just behind Harry Kane. At times we see a 4-3-3 with Bernardo Silva in that midfield. But the mistakes, like I said, they are coming from the back. And I wouldn't have given up Jonathan Taw for anything, even f I think it was 40 mil in you know, Thiago Silva, regardless of the money, because I think Jonathan Taw is going to be a, become a pretty good center back in the future. But that's all I really have about Aaron. There hasn't been much that has been wow besides the results. And can he finish in the top eight? I don't know. If I'm making a prediction here now, I don't think he will. I think he's still going to be a tough team to beat, kind of like Roma. But he's going to sit in that 9 to 12th place all season. I just don't believe it. I don't think it would be something that we look at and we're impressed by. Yes, at first, you know, you look at what he did last year. You're talking about the come up and how he really rose through all the things that happened last uh, last season. Yeah, I'm impressed by it. I think most of us are. But this is not an elite team yet, and this is not a team that I think is going to contend next season or even the season after that. I think Aaron needs to really develop this team and put this roster and get guys who are going to be guaranteed to sit on this squad. Now, there's been a lot of pros and cons that go into a team highlight. I understand that. But if I'm Aaron and I'm looking at what I need to do this offseason, I'm looking at I need to buy some defenders. This has been a glaring issue uh, for Tottenham in a long time. They bought Chiellini. 
Um, and I was bidding with Aaron against Aaron in this little battle. And in the end, it just wasn't a good deal for him. It didn't work. Aaron didn't want an older player at the back. And then he got Thiago Silva. So I don't know what the logic is coming out of the Tottenham camp as far as the defensive signings. As far as attacking signings, it's looking like that front four of Ericsson, Royce, uh, whether it's Silva or Lingard, and then Harry Kane. Uh, there's four, five, six guys that are going to come out at you, and they're going to be impressive uh, and do things that are going to influence the game. But when your goalkeeper only has two clean sheets and you've tied eight games, it starts to make you wonder, do I need to make a change up top or do I need to make a change at the back? And of course, Aaron in Tottenham need to look at and make some really emergency surgery on the back line. To be fair, like I said, they do and can score goals. But if I'm going to compare them to a real life team, and as much as I hate to do this, they're kind of like Arsenal in real life. You have guys who could score and provide the assist and put balls in the back of the net. But when it comes down to it and you need to win a close game, the defense needs to sure up so that your offense can go forward with confidence. That is not the case with Tottenham. Obviously, in those three games he lost, he gave up a combined eight goals. That's not that bad, right? And like I said, it's the mistakes that burn you. But if we're going to ask one last question to Aaron before I end this part of the podcast, why am I going to expose myself to mistakes with bad defenders, bad defenders, bad ball playing defenders when I have six attacking players? Now, maybe Aaron and I have totally different ways of raising a team up and competing in this league. But as I'd like to point out, I did have 20 losses last season. And maybe this is a positive change for the team. And maybe there's something that Aaron knows that none of us, none of us know. But there is one thing I know for sure is that Aaron is not going to be winning a title this season, and he sure as hell isn't going to finish in the top eight. But at least the outlying factor is he won't be relegated to D2. So before I end the podcast, guys, I know that I just kind of ended that part of the segment. I filmed that at a different time, so that's why I just kind of plugged it into the podcast. I didn't set it up or anything like that or have a transition preset for that. Listen, in the future, I hope you guys enjoy these podcasts. I'm going to keep it into the at you know at maximum to an hour. I don't want to talk for forever. I know next week I have the power rankings. I have other stuff that I'm going to do that will keep you guys involved. And that way we're a little bit more ahead of the game and we can kind of see Uh, what's going on. As for results, I know it's a slow time of the season. I hope to see more of them. I like to talk about the gaming league. I have a great time uh, watching you guys play and, you know, more of the games on Twitch and stuff like that is, is entertaining. I hope to see more of it. Um, So shout out to Luis and, uh, and Josh for putting that game out for everyone to see. I think that's cool. I wish everybody had their own Twitch account. I mean, post your own team on there. And I think that would be pretty cool. Um, Obviously it's, 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 shouldn't be a requirement but i do think it's pretty cool to see um as for what's coming up next week like i said you got the power rankings and the team rankings going to come out uh next week as for lafc edison you will hear from me so if you're listening to this podcast and i haven't talked to you yet uh you know where to find me um as for those who don't facebook guys you can hit me up on messenger and uh as for the instagram sam pijo fifa league i know like i said i'm not always too active on it 
but I try to be in this Thursday after I post the uh, after I post the podcast. I'll actually be on there and try and be active and see if you guys uh, will try to you know at least interact with each other a little bit and kind of have a discussion. Um, of course, we can do that in the Facebook page as well. As for future results, if in the future you guys can at least put who you thought was the man of the match of the game or post uh, who was the man of the match of the game, that would be very helpful for us in the team of the month committee. I think that would be really good to see all you guys come together or two people at one time come together and be like, listen, I thought this guy was man of the match. Um, he deserves it. And kind of give a little bit more discussion behind the results. Listen, you guys play six games a month, eight max with the FA Cup. That is not that many. I'm sorry. Most of us play 10 games a day of FIFA. That's it's not hard to do. I know it's a lot more tense because you're playing a FIFA, you know, playing FIFA against someone else, but it's not as laboring as you think it is um, to do all that. And obviously, if you space out your games, you're going to be just fine. But that way in the future, and like I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, we can have the team of the month mean something, team of the season means something, um, whether it's small very small money value or something that just adds to the incentives of being in the gaming league. You know, none of us are going to be corruptible. You know, it's, it's not real money. So it's not like people are going to get really upset uh, if their guy's not in there, but let's say, you know, it starts becoming a contractual thing. Um, I think that if we were consistent and we give it a good run, I'm pretty sure the board would take it seriously. Um, that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast from now on. They are weekly. They will be run on Wednesdays. And they will all be available at midnight. So if you want to stay up a Tuesday night and listen to it in Wednesday morning, you can choose to do so. As for now, I'm George Tello. Thank you for listening to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast on Anchor. Thank you. Bye.